Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, welcome back to the Hurricane Hotline. Another hour to go. Andrea Adelson from ESPN will join us at about 740. We'll get an update on the ECC and uh, whether or not they're going to uh, absorb Stanford, Cal, and SMU, which seems to be trending in that direction now. On uh, Friday night, Friday afternoon, our broadcast will begin at 3 o'clock. So Hollywood will have the pregame with Brian Monroe and Don and Josh. Uh, Vic's putting that all together. 7 o'clock kickoff on the air at 3. Kickoff at 7. Our postgame show... Alex Dono has the post game with Malik Rozier. Dono joining us on the hotline right now. Alex, how you doing? Hey, Joe, I'm excited for football, and thank you so much for having me on. We're almost there. Yep, almost there. So, hey, we've got Don here. Don will be in the locker room. You'll be in the studio. Uh, so, our post game show. I'll start with you on this one. What do you want to be talking about? Not what do you think we'll be talking about. What do you want to be talking about? Friday night. Well, first thing, I want to be talking about a number of different wide receivers getting involved in catching passes and just a, a fluid offense. Uh, I think that that, and I was writing about that earlier today on allhurricanes.com. We talked with Shannon Dawson, the new offensive coordinator, yesterday. I think every Hurricanes fan, Joe and Don, is is dying to see Miami open things up a little bit more and score more points than they did last year. So, you know, how is Tyler Van Dyke going to respond? Because I, I think they've put him in a really good situation uh, with the offensive line talent they've added, the receiver talent, the running back talent. So I think more than anything, people want to see an offense that's going to be exciting and scoring some points. So I hope that's something we're talking about tomorrow. Or sorry, not tomorrow. I'm getting ahead of myself. Hope that's something we're talking about Friday. Friday night after the game and then obviously I hope we're talking about a team that stays healthy through that game a team that also uh, gets the job done on defense and a team that gets a W but I, I think everyone is curious to see how the new offense looks and how the new defense looks what are you hoping for in the locker room I'm hoping that you get to the locker room in a hurry what are you hoping for in the locker room <laughs> Me? Yeah. I'm hoping for a lot of cheers is what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping I, – I really yeah. am. By the way, you two, you two have the job the, – I don't want to call it the, the, you know, the, the, the worst part of the job, but it's the heavy lift part of the job, handling post-game when a team doesn't win. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. But you know what? I, after all this time, I've, I've gotten used to it, um, meaning doing the job. Yeah. Um, I've never get used to losing. Uh, you know, Joe, I want to just I want to see I really want to see uh, unity in that locker room. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see a victory. There's let's not beat around the bush, but I want to see that these guys celebrate it and that they they get the feeling and the understanding that all this hard work that coach Cristobal has talked about and all this dedication that's required to be great that it pays off. And it doesn't have to be a 100-point win. It, could, it just has to be 
uh, a 50 game point win. Oh, 50, 52. <laughs> uh, it has to be a 52-point game win. But it, it's got to be a game where they realize that that it's paying off. You know, there's there's yeah. facts that come with it. Okay, let me ask you guys this. Uh, I'm going to get to my answer in a moment. What makes you the most nervous about the season? You want to go first or you want me to go first, Alex? Uh, I'll go first. Um, just the uncertainty of so many new pieces. Um, you know, when you've got more than half of the coaching staff under Cristobal, a lot of new assistants this year, a lot of new players, Joe and Don. I mean, virtually half the roster has been turned over from last year. Um, so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic because I think the team looks really good on paper, but you don't know what you're going to get until they play. Right. And, you know, it's, and I expect, you know, hopefully there's going to be even more unity and understanding with one another, the farther the season goes, because, you know, some of that chemistry I'm sure is going to be built before our eyes, but, uh, just so much change and so much turnover. I think that's, that's probably what makes me more nervous. It's not really one thing in particular. It's just how everything's going to work because I, I don't think that, you know, and that there were a number of different reasons why they only won five games last year. But I think one of those reasons was, uh, there wasn't really enough unity in the locker room or behind closed doors. And that's something I know Cristobal wanted to address. I'm worried about health. Health is my number one concern. You, you lose Tyler Van Dyke. We saw what happened mm -hmm. last year. You, you lose Matt Lee, who's at center. What happens there? You lose uh, Leonard Taylor. What happens there? You lose 51, the middle linebacker. Maui Noah. I'm going to just follow your lead on Maui Noah. Maui Noah. We thought it was Maui Goa, but now we're told it's Maui Noah. You lose Maui Noah. What happens there? You lose Cam Kitchens. What happens there? I mean, you lose... Uh, an offensive lineman, you know, wh whether it's one of the tackles. I mean, the depth is, is still not where it needs to be. And that's really what bugs me because there's a lot, of, a lot of players that are in place, but there is not a lot of experience in place. And you lose Tyler Van Dyke. As, as much as I appreciate how hard those two other guys are working and, and the promise that they bring – it's a different it's a different offense it's a different ball game and I mean you just look at what happened last year I think one of the reasons and it's not you I'm not using as a scapegoat but one of the reasons they had trouble last year is there were injuries you lost Tyler Van Dyke oh. I mean he was he had what two games he threw for almost almost 900 yards with, with North Carolina Virginia I, I can't remember what Virginia I, Tech now I don't remember what game it was they lost the center and the guard on back-to-back -back plays. back-to-back -back plays. We were down to a third-team yeah. center at one point, or a, a third center. I don't want to even say he's a third team. And that, that, is, that is my number one concern is, is health, and that's something you can't control. Here's what makes me uh, the most nervous. You ready for this? It's what makes me the most nervous, Dono, is James Williams has gone from 0 to 20. So Corey Couch has gone from 23 to 0. Cam Kitchens has gone from 24 to 5. There's a Jaden Harris who's 19 and a Jaden Davis who's 22. It would be a lot better if Jaden Davis was 19 and Jaden Harris was 22. You see how you follow that? I lose yeah. sleep if Matt Lee gets hurt. Joe loses sleep if Matt Lee changes his number. <laughs> if Colby George went from 15 to 3. Why do these guys feel the need? You were 61 your whole life. 
I why, still have 60. Why, why do they feel the need to change their numbers three years into their career? They, they want to aggravate Joe Zagaki. That's my biggest concern. All this other stuff going to happen one way or the other. All right. Uh, against Texas A&M, hmm. this is a very big question. It's an orange out. Texas A&M is the game they're asking fans to wear orange. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know what color they are wearing on Friday night. I assume it's orange over white, but it could be green over white. I don't know. But, and since I don't know, it will frustrate fans. And I asked this question. People really get wild over the uniforms. Yeah. Right? And so I, I just would make it simple. I think if you're Miami, you should be orange jerseys, white pants, white jerseys, orange pants. I'm good. I think if you're Florida State, garnet and gold, right? Garnet and garnet jerseys, gold pants. White jerseys, gold pants. Can we a little white on white and orange? No, I know you orange. like I'm the white, a, on white. white on white. Guy, I, I can like bend my rule a little <laughs> Thank bit. You, Joe. I'm like you know, you know my rule going to get ice cream, right? I, I understand. So, chocolate, have, vanilla, or strawberry. Chocolate, no, chocolate, <laughs> vanilla, or swirl. That's oh, swirl. it. That's right. Otherwise, the line is too long, <laughs> which is what happens with these damn uniforms. Baskin you, Robbins is not successful no, by Joe Zagaki. <laughs> not my advertising, but me. If I own an ice cream stand, chocolate, vanilla, and swirl, and I serve a lot of customers, we'll talk about my business plan another another time. Hey, Joe, Joe, real quick, it's so funny you say that because I'm with you on the uniform stuff, and it sounds like Don is probably with us. Like I don't, I don't care that much what you wear, just win. Um, but people get so crazy over this. Like I, I even we recently got uh, an internal memo from one of our channel managers at the Locked On Network, like asking people, how much do you talk about uniforms? Uh, listeners love the uniform talk. And I'm like, oh, brother, I better come up with something because I, I don't talk about the color schemes too much. I, I never have, have I? I don't I mean. Well, and I can't, I'm not sure that I could find whether it's University of Miami, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan's really butchered their uniforms, any other school that has had the novelty uniforms other than Oregon where it's looked good. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. Exactly what you said. Orange, yeah. white. What was it? Orange, orange, orange jerseys, white, white pants, pants, white jerseys, jersey, orange, orange pants. pants. Why it's so hard about that? I would, I would, I would make a coaching decision and at least have white on white. Now they've tossed green in there a little bit. Now and, and along those same lines, I know I'm in the minority in this one, but I, I, I'm watching a lot of baseball. This is a good time to watch baseball, and. Every team who it's a home run, they've got some kind of baseball home run, something or another. A sombrero, they're riding a laundry cart, uh, a chain, uh, something, much like the turnover chain. Sure. And the University of Miami, I just thought, no, we don't have the, the Miami doesn't have the turnover chain anymore. I understand it. But I always thought the criticism of it was too much of, well, they're losing. They got a turnover, and they got the turnover chain out. I just watched a baseball team last night hit a three-run homer, and they're losing 9-3, to and the guy's wearing some baseball home run thing. Anyone want to Alex. help me on that one? <laughs> help Joe out, Alex. I, honestly, I feel like the, the turnover chain, it's ironic, like Joe said, because Miami doesn't doesn't currently use it, but I, I feel like that started all these trends, no? Like, I don't, I don't Maybe think it did. run props home run props and turnover props i don't think that was really a thing 
before the turnover chain at Miami. So if nothing else, Miami are the trendsetters. It's there's, everywhere there's in Major no League Baseball. There's no question Miami is the trendsetter. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to some more serious topics other than the uniforms. But I'm good with orange over white. So if they wear orange over white, I'm happy. I'd be really happy if James Williams went back to zero and Couch went back to 23, but we can't have <laughs> well, that. Why then you'd be confused now? You've yeah, been Because now summer. KJ uh, Cloyd's wearing 23. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just say, just say Cloyd. Yeah. What, what, uh, what position do you think we uh, Miami needs to see or we need to see? You know, fans, everybody wants to see what position needs to take the biggest jump. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, just based on the feedback that I get from my audience, everyone wants to see the defensive tackles. I mean, that, that's been a yeah. huge topic for the future in yep. recruiting. It's a huge topic in the presence. In the present, I should say, um, I'm, I'm expecting Leonard Taylor to have a nice year. And I really like Branson Dean, the transfer from Purdue. I think he's had a really good fall camp and he could be in position to have a big year. So that that seems to be a position which is obviously so important from a run-stopping standpoint. And I know they really want to be able to have the interior guys rush the passer as well. You know, Reuben Bain, who comes in, primarily going to be a defensive end, but I think he's going to get some time inside as well. You've got experienced guys on the roster like Jared Harrison Hunt. So uh, to me, Joe and Don, I get more questions about defensive tackle than I think about any other position. So that's one I know fans are going to be looking at in the coming weeks. You know, Joe, I'm, I'm a believer in that as well. It's yeah. been too long since Miami. The best thing that could happen to the Miami defense, in my opinion, is that Leonard Taylor is an All-American. First, second, or third. I don't third. disagree with first, you guys. I, would, first, I, I agree with you guys. Right, yeah. We haven't had that monster that takes makes everything easier yeah. on, on the whole defense. And I'd love to see that. And Branson Dean was – was a, was a great pickup by this staff. I mean, he's a little undersized, but he understands how to play the game, and he's experienced, and he's quick, and he's he causes issues. And I think that's what you need. But I'll, I'll take that. And and Ruben Bain is for real. Well, I would pick I would pick up on what you guys just said about defensive tackle, and in particular Leonard Taylor. And if he doesn't do it. This year, then what? Then he comes back next year. No, I understand that, but I'm saying if he doesn't perform this year at the level that you or I or we expect, I'm saying from a defensive standpoint, oh. that's how important he is. Mm-hmm. Like if, if if Leonard Taylor isn't what he's supposed to be, then you say, well, then what? Where do you go? You live with you. You yeah. go to scheme. It's, yeah, yeah. It, scheme it, around it. Put you right back right. to scheme and. Yeah. Um, listen, there's a, there's enough proof there, in my opinion, that, that Leonard has the ability to do it. Uh, I've seen him at practice do some do a lot of things very successful, but you've got to do it with consistency. I think that's the thing. The practice doesn't matter. In-game consistency. He had a couple games where he was off the charts, and then he had a couple games last year where he wasn't. He well, if you look at his numbers, right, his numbers are almost ridiculous, he has very good. You would look at it and go, "Wow, these are pretty good." I think it's ten tackles for losses, yeah, yeah. right? Yep. So he's got some very good metrics, but then you say, "Hmm, there needs to be a little bit more." Well, I don't know that it. I don't know. Yes, it does need to be more. But I think if you, what you want is you want it more consistently. You want it every single week. Really, what you would like is for him to be so good that 
the opponent has to scheme against him and for him and make sure that he occupies two people and then somebody else has a free run because that's you know going back to the the the, the caveman era of college football if you had back then the nose guard that could dominate take the Ron Simmons take the the Jim Burtz take mm-hmm. that position back in history of what went on that created problems for the entire offense that entire yeah. offense I think uh, the other thing I'm looking forward to um Alex and maybe you guys have talked about this with the locked on canes also um away from just position and I, I always think uh my eyes always drift to the offense and in college football is dominated by the offense but I am intrigued to see what coach Gidry does with this defense because I don't think he has all the pieces just yet but I think he's really good enough that he's going to manipulate it a little bit so that he's going to be able to uh, contain the opponent a little bit well probably a lot better Mm -hmm. than what was demonstrated a year ago. What what did you tell me before the show that the de- different the deficit was twenty four points? Miami lost by twenty four. Oh, the last what was it? The last four or five games, Alex. I didn't even realize I, 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 If yeah. you look, if you look at this, um, <laughs> I couldn't. They believe, lost by I an could, average of twenty four points a game. Yeah, each and of four, Miami, four out of the last five. Yeah. Each yeah. of Miami's final four losses came by at least twenty four points, including oh. a forty five to three home defeat yeah. against longtime rival Florida State. I just don't think that. I just think uh, Alex by his this guy's scheme and his numbers were good enough at Marshall that. He's going to find a way to look at the his opponent and say we can we're going to be able to take away X Y and Z, or he's going to be able to find a weakness and attack it. And not, I think he's going to be the guy that wants to dictate the policy the best he can. Oh, absolutely. And I, and what's what will happen this first week because it changes eight days from after the first game is he's going to find out what the, the players do in the game. And right. I'll, t- I'll tell you one of the, the brightest things uh, that I've seen happen in a long time is, and I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm kind of tied in, of course, to our program, but is Miami went against Miami a lot. Well, they're going against Miami on Friday, too. But, but <laughs> You're right. But, but I'm talking about Miami, Miami's <laughs> offense went right. against Miami's defense. Right. And it wasn't easy. No. It wasn't easy for both guys. No. It wasn't easy. I for I think it Dawson. made Van Dyke better. By the way, I agree. It wasn't yeah. easy. For, that was a very good job. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't easy for for Shannon Dawson to scheme against Coach Gidry, and it wasn't very easy for Coach Gidry to yeah. scheme against Coach Dawson. And that and they did that a lot. Which side of the ball were your eyes drift to, uh, mm-hmm. Alex? Offense or defense? Were you more, I mean, I more intrigued like you. By? Like like you, I mean, I I'm more intrigued by offense, but um, I I'm incredibly intrigued by what Gidry can do here. And I know one of the things that um, had some ebbs and flows during fall camp, and the coordinators talked about it this week was at certain times Miami had a lot of success on the ground on offense, right? And there's good running backs, obviously nice looking offensive line. Um, then, you know, after the first scrimmage, uh, when Gidry spoke to the media, you know, he talked about not having a very good day against the run. Well, we followed up with him on that 
on Monday, and he said that things have looked a lot better and that there have been count punches and counter punches and the run stopping uh, he feels pretty good about. And to pick up on something you were saying, Joe, about the scheme, I like the fact that Guidry, first of all, he's someone who has pretty much overachieved everywhere he's been. Uh, his schemes have always really stood out. His defenses have popped. But, you know, when he's coached at places like Marshall and uh, Western Kentucky. He's actually coached at Miami of Ohio before, so he's pretty familiar with that program. Uh, he's always been at places where the scheme has to overcome the talent level, and hopefully at a place like Miami, he can have the best of both worlds, right? Because, you know, um, last year's defense, maybe you had somebody running that D who was used to having, you know, the best talent possible at some of the places he's been, and maybe the scheme wasn't quite enough at times. Uh, Guidry is very well aware of, of having to scheme some deficiencies, and if there are any, and I hope there's not on Miami's defense, this is a guy who has answers. Like, like, this is a guy who's going to have answers to any problems you're going to present to him. And I know that really the foundation of a Lance Guidry defense is confusing opposing quarterbacks and if, uh, just confusing the players on the other side of the football. So I'm, I can't wait to see how that plays out. I, I can tell you he will have his, the, his side of the football will never be intimidated. If you watch the, my, uh, the Marshall-Notre Dame game, at Notre Dame, mm -hmm. and you watch the way that side of the football played. They they were <laughs> they controlled the energy, they controlled the tempo, they controlled the effort. They set the entire tempo for that football game. They were not, they didn't know anything about Newt Rockney and this guy and that guy. They went in there and they tre they treated South Bend mm -hmm. like it was their home stadium, and. And I and that's the faith yeah, he, that they he, have in him. He builds yeah. a mentality, absolutely. Right. And I do, I do, I would agree absolutely. with that. Absolutely, they they have. Uh, he's been able to get his guys to buy into what he was bringing here. And he is. There's. Some but I, I think it's going to be a work in progress. But I think oh, they will yeah. get better as the season goes on. There's no question. They're going because they're going to get more comfortable. Yeah. And then you're going to really, when it when it clicks, you know, you talk about when does it click? Then you'll start seeing it expand. You know, I, I think you can only do so much. Mm -hmm. When you find out what, how people react in game situations, then you can start adding on. Well, the good thing about this game, before we let you go, Alex, good thing about this game is uh, Miami of Ohio, they know who they are. No They've been together for a long time. No Their offensive line, they got the left tackle back. So this offensive line, I think except for the uh, one of the guards, pretty much intact for the last couple of years, the, defensively, the same thing. They've got some holes at wide receiver, which probably will show up in this game a little bit, but they like the tight ends. Four out of five of the offensive linemen have an R. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They're, they're, yeah. The left tackle, I think, maybe he's the left guard this year. Tight that, ends back, Joe. Right, right, tight ends are back. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, I think they, they probably are going to lack some explosiveness on the perimeter, but – They've got the quarterback. He's 23 years old. This quarterback doesn't back down. From anybody. Now, they made a mistake last year. They had him in the game against Kentucky when he got hurt with three minutes to go. Um, but he played Kentucky eyeball to eyeball, and he's looking forward to this. So I think this will be a very good test for Miami because, as I mentioned, 23 years old. He's not going to be afraid to run. Got a very good arm. Uh, in sync, good chemistry with his tight ends. The running back Tracy number nine is a pretty big dude. 
So Look at my man's already on his numbers, yeah, huh? Yeah, I'm good. I'm ready. <laughs> so I think I think uh, Gabbert is probably going to be perfect for uh, the Miami defense um, on Friday night mm-hmm. for a variety of a reasons. Great, it, it's a great test on both sides of the ball. I mean, you talk about Gabbert. You know, Gidry described him as as a general and a gym rat, and he, he's a guy who can hurt you with his legs if you're not careful. And then defensively, I, I think Miami-Ohio is going to be a very good test for Miami's offense to give us a barometer on how the offseason's really gone. I mean, they had uh, had a good scoring defense last season, Joe, good total defense. They only gave up 22.6 points per game. Yards were pretty tough to come by against that team. So um, I, I'd say this is a really good measuring stick game. And obviously, you know, you treat every game like you're going up against the defending national champs. I know that, that that's the sort of attitude Mario wants to instill still upon this team but this Miami Ohio I cannot emphasize this enough this is not a pushover this is going to be a good measuring stick for the U it's a good opening game it's a great opening game for for the University of Miami listen nothing came easy to him last year nope. uh, by the way um, before I let you go I hit me today Alabama opens up against Middle Tennessee State oh I'm not <laughs> telling you that Alabama is going to be Middle Tennessee that. State what I'm telling you is Somebody's on that Alabama staff that was here a year ago. Uh, now I want to see what the results are. <laughs> that's all I'm well, saying. That's huh? a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. good point. Joe Zagaki does his own work. A little work, connecting of the dots there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All right, Dono, I wish you the best of luck on Friday nights. Uh, you'll be on the postgame show. Don will be in the locker room. As he's getting set up, we'll get your instant analysis. And uh, thanks for joining us tonight. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you both for having me so much, and I can't wait to see you guys on Friday and talk to you throughout the week. We appreciate you. All right, that's Thanks. Alex Dono. Still to come, Adria Adelson will be joining us. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about the ACC and if they're going to expand and also uh, who's going to win this league. Let me talk to you for a moment about Williamson Buick GMC. Right now, get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle. Everybody in South Florida wants to be noticed in their car. That's the kind of market that we have. And uh, right now at GMC, from Williamson Buick GMC, new models are arriving every single day. So you want to fit in in South Florida? Williamson Buick GMC is absolutely going to have the new GMC you're looking for. Canyons, Acadias, Terrains, Sierras, Yukons. I have to say, I drove the Yukon earlier this summer. Woo! <laughs> you feel like... You want big? They call big man on campus. You want to be big man on the road. The Yukon, especially in South Florida, is like get behind the wheel there and get out of the way. Get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle. Stop by Williamson Buick GMC. Ed Williamson will be there. His lovely wife Carol to keep him in line will be there. Pick up a new GMC from your premier GM deal, GMC dealership because nobody knows customer service better than Ed Williamson. Williamson Buick GMC, located on US 1 just south of the Palmetto. GMC, we are professional grade. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.